Welcome aboard the BK Escape Pod. That's right, it's the augmented and bionic podcast version of the live show. You can hear us Saturdays from 10 a.m. till 12 p.m. Eastern on 100.3 FM and AM 1450 WBHF Radio. You can stream the show live there Saturdays at WBHFradio.org or on the free TuneIn app. Look out, here we go. This is a rebroadcast of BK on the Air. If you hear a telephone number, please don't call, as you will become one with the dark side of the Force. Somewhere at the studios of WBHF, Alan, BK, and Walt are preparing for Halloween. Hey, you know, I'm really excited. We're dressing up this year for our Halloween spooktacular show. I've decided to go as Freddy Krueger. Wow, that looks great. Love the hat and claws. Let's hear your best Freddy. I've been away from my children for far too long. Awesome! Walt, you look great as Jason from Friday the 13th. Perfect hockey mask. Let's hear it. Oh, now that is scary. Thanks, Freddy. Where's BK? Hey, BK, are you ready? Hey, here I am. Look at that. Michael Myers from Halloween. This is fantastic. We all look really scary. All right, BK, let's hear a little Halloween Michael Myers. James T. Kirk, captain of the Enterprise. What the heck is that? That's William Shatner. Yeah, that's Shatner. What are you doing? What is that? Well, Michael Myers doesn't say anything, and they did use a Captain Kirk mask for him in the movies. I didn't know what else to do. Tune in Sunday, October 31st, Halloween night for the WBHF Halloween Spooktacular, 9 p.m. to midnight Eastern. You'll have a frighteningly ghoulish time on 100.3 FM and AM 1450 WBHF and on the TuneIn app. All right, already. I don't know what else to say, except Happy Halloween. Stand by to receive our transmission. Now, you know, I can't believe, I can't believe that it's almost the Halloween weekend. I mean, I can believe it, but uh, again, these things come so much quickly as we uh, as we all become seasoned citizens and age and whatnot. Look at me. I'm talking to two guys right across me now that know exactly what I'm talking about. Cause I, I don't know what he's talking they're about. I have about no idea. Say, I've forgotten it really what come you're on. talking about. <laughs> Stop Didn't fooling! Take your Adderall this morning. Stop, <laughs> stop fooling around! You I, got, I don't remember. Stop fooling around! All three of us have aged since we got to the studio this morning. We just see ourselves <laughs> age. Like, oh look, I have a new spot on my hand. It's like the the movie Thinner, <laughs> right? Except I'm not thinner. <laughs> Except I think for, I'm bigger than I was when I came in. I'm here. starting to really identify. I'm starting to really identify with Julian Glover at the end of Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade when he drinks out of the wrong grail cup. <laughs> yes. He ages like instantly. He's like, I see that. I'm like, I'm doing that as we speak. So, good reference that Sean will get. I, I don't know so, what you're talking about. By the way, uh, Sean Murray. Uh, we have the Murray twins in the studio with us that again today. Right. Let's say a little prayer because the last time you guys are in here, talk about problems. I we blame him. Technical difficulties in the station, so I think we're hopefully going to be okay today. So yeah. now all we got uh, is ghosts in the yeah in the studio t- clicking it's, away. It stopped and... there for a while, so I think maybe uh, the exorcism I performed worked. I guess 
The uh, when, so, I, when I when I dropped my pants and flashed the corner equipment, it seemed to go away really Everybody quick. Everybody goes away. So, well, <laughs> I did it before you guys were in here, so you guys didn't see that. Hey, it's BK on the air here on AM 1450 and 100.3 FM WBHF. I'm glad that you're all joining us here today for Nostalgic Geekiness Talk Radio. I've got a whole, look at this stack. I mean, you can't see it on the radio because this is radio, but I got, see, I got it in my hand. You hear it there? I hear it. I have a huge stack of stuff that i know that i'm never going to get to all of it but if i ever miss anything and tease anything on the show i like to say hey i'll put it up on my facebook page and you can read it there or on twitter or on social media so if i mention something and go hey i'm going to talk about so-and-so coming up today and i don't get to it go to the facebook page and social media i'll have it up there that kind of covers that's a cya thing with me (laughs) you know i have a lot of cya moments yeah in my life me and you both brother so walt is wearing his grateful dead tie-dye swirling makes me sick when i look at it t-shirt is great t-shirt, is that because of the t-shirt it's or so is that swirly. me in general no no it's just the swirly things early in the morning i think i'm good i had my that had my cup of coffee and my piece of pie this morning you know so i could get going and uh and uh sean is here in, in here with us i call you guys the murray twins because that your la- that's your last name and we're convinced you're we're convinced that we don't need ancestry.com I, to tell us that you're related i so. still am convinced that i'm related to him pretty so. sure we have to be <laughs> Well, and I, I run a, I've said this before, I run a background check on myself every year because of what I do for a living. And, uh, and Sean always comes up as a potential relative. I, I look at us. I mean, seriously. Like, and again, I've told you before in the past, I, you run a background check on himself because maybe he did something he forgot. That he forgot about. Well, exactly. <laughs> I've only started the last couple of years. I've gotten out for that. Every once weekend. in a while he forgets to take that Adderall. He's got to check. <laughs> I blacked out for that one weekend. I have no idea. I can't account for what I did. Well, it so. does come up with like all this criminal stuff, but it's a different guy with my name. Wow, yeah, that happens to look just like you. I'm like, man, I had a crazy weekend. <laughs> it was Sean. <laughs> you did it. He's your doctor. It was Sean. So yes, all I have to do is throw on a Grateful Dead T-shirt, and I could do whatever I want. That's right. And I just throw on an Indiana Jones hat. That's, That's it. the same. Well, you guys are like, I can read you like a book, and we all know each other. And we've known each other for a while, and that's saying a lot. Now, Sean, you you're a you're one of the biggest if not the biggest that I've ever personally met. There may be somebody, a bigger fan of him somewhere else in the world, but you're a really big Harrison Ford and Indiana Jones fan. You like Harrison Ford, but you're really a big fan of Indiana Jones, the character in the movies. That was, that was the movie that kind of was at the right age. Yeah. You know, 1981. Oh, so yeah. It was great. First movie you see when you realize, I'm going to be watching a lot of movies. <laughs> yeah, especially with this. That, that one movie does come out and does that for some people. For me, it was Star Wars that really hit me as a kid when I was 11 years old. I'm like... Wow, I, re- I recognize movies now just not only as movies, but how they're made, and, and I'm interested in how they did that, and it's really cool. And, so, and I think I'll, I'll try to buy all the action figures. That'd be nice, too. But currently, uh, since you're here today, currently they're, they're kind of, I don't know if you've seen them on the Internet, but they're, they're leaking out these photos from England of Indiana Jones being filmed, and they're, they're examining everything he's wearing. They're like, now the, the Indiana Jones aficionados are like, well, this is, the, uh, this is the, uh, the, uh, the smaller, thinner fedora hat that he's wearing, not the one from Raiders, because, you know, they did change the hats. They're Every all day I see different. those posts. They're using this shirt, and, you, and this one has the stripe this, that goes this, all the way down, this, this pouch, one doesn't. This is a different pouch than he used last time he's different got Different gas pouch. bag. So, yeah. <laughs> So, it's a different bottle with his Geritol in it. It's not the same bottle. as I actually watched a post where somebody was saying, what is that modern coffee cup that he's drinking out of? Because they wanted to get it for cosplay. And I was like, wow. okay, guys, we're taking it too far. Yeah, not to them, though. They, yeah. they, they never know where too far is. Wow. So, yeah, so they are in production of that. I've heard now that every... Uh, every Marvel, every Disney film, and including Indiana Jones, for some reason, I think this week, 
they all pushed their release dates up a little bit further. Mm-hmm. Everybody pushed – all of those were pushed up, which is fine. I don't mind that. I would imagine they're running into the same supply um, chain issues. Yeah, uh, slows but, um, everything down. Did you notice another thing was released about Indiana Jones? Now, we don't know if this is true or not, but they're saying this movie might include time travel. I, I've actually seen that because people have actually been, you know, those de-aging programs yeah. where they take an actor and they make yeah. him look like he was. Well, he's years ago. Harrison Ford's wearing that, the, the, that thing on him, the little yeah. dots and stuff so for that. So my guess is they're, they're going to probably have some flashbacks, but I don't know. I don't know if it includes travel. time travel. I think it's more flashback scenes. Yeah, yeah. that's what it's going to do. And uh, But I've honestly been, I, just like any other movie that comes out, I really, tr- when I see the posts, I just skip right by them. Yeah, you have I'm to. I'm trying not to ruin the movie for myself. I do, I do yeah. the same yeah. thing. If you see yeah. the pictures, that's not as bad as reading the text that's along with it so you can usually just get by that the yeah. photos are like oh i've seen the photos but keep going i'm not a ruined movie type thing i know that i come here and do a radio show but i don't want to break any breaking story and ruin things for people i'm not that kind of the guy to do that i'm like oh i just found out something about indiana jones it's 100 percent true and it's a big spoiler well i would never say it i don't want to yeah i want to be surprised tom too. taylor was saying that on the indiana jones minute facebook page this week he's like i, agree I think that. somebody just spoiled the movie for me great but uh, we're all big Indiana Jones fans. I'm very optimistic about this latest one that they're working on, only because James Mangold is directing it, some new blood. He's there a great are some director. good actors in this one. Oh, yeah. I mean, it's got a really good cast. And he's got and he's a great director. He's great. He made some great movies. But it's me, Cal there. we got a lot coming up on the show. When we come back, we'll hear from the Golden Rage of TV. That's Pat McCormick. Uh, today, he's going to talk about, what's he going to talk about? Uh, Alan Melvin, character actor, Sam the Butcher, uh, Sergeant Acker on Gold Gummer Pile. He's been in everything. I love that guy. It's BK on the air. We'll return after these announcements. Watch me get my husband, the plumber, to help with this clogged drain. Sinks clogged. I'll try the crystal drain opener. Wait. Use my liquid plumber. Why? Well, clogs are mostly grease and hair, right? Right. Liquid plumber cuts through grease, dissolves hair three times faster. Faster? Yeah, because liquid plumber has two fast-acting ingredients. One for grease, one for hair. The crystal doesn't. See, liquid plumber works. My hero. Hey, Sergeant, you want some of this new Cool Whip topping? Later, pile. I'm getting in shape in case our Cool Whip contest winner's a girl. Anybody can win a trip to Hollywood and a guest appearance on the show. With us? Yeah. What a prize. Just send your name and address on the side label or write the words Cool Whip on a piece of paper. Get full details at your grocer's freezer. Over a thousand other prizes, too. Cool Whip. Mmm. Pile! Pile! Shazam! Who would have thought that a knucklehead like Pile would turn into such a cooking wizard? <laughs> so what's the problem? Just tell Carter you want Pile. <laughs> He'll be happy to get rid of him. No, he won't. Carter won't ever give anything up as long as he knows somebody else wants it. He'll hold back just out of spite. Sure, let another guy make points with the colonel. No, I gotta play it cool. Yeah, I guess you're right. But how do you outfox a guy like Carter? There's two ways to handle a fellow like that. One, you gotta fight dirty. Two, you gotta fight downright filthy. I think I'll use them both. to BK on the Air on AM 1450, FM 100.3, and online on the TuneIn radio app. Now, back to a guy who'll make you feel really young, mostly because he's so old. It's BK on the Air. 
Greetings, fellow Classic TV fans. Many supporting actors have made significant contributions to our favorite classic shows, and Alan Melvin is one such actor. He logged hundreds of memorable bit parts, which also included steady roles. During his 40-year career, Alan was arguably one of the most recognizable faces and voices on television. Perhaps Melvin's most memorable role was as Alice's love interest, Sam the Butcher, on The Brady Bunch. However, his television career began during the 1950s. While performing on Broadway, Alan landed the role of Corporal Steve Henshaw on the comedy classic The Phil Silver Show. One of my favorite Andy Griffith episodes was titled Lawman Barney. Melvin played a heavy, which he did just as easily as his lighter roles. Ultimately, he appeared as eight different characters on that show. Another one of Alan's more steady roles was on the Andy Griffith spinoff, Gomer Pyle USMC. There, he played Sergeant Carter's arch-rival, Sergeant Charlie Hacker. Melvin also made a huge mark in voiceover acting. Two of my favorites were as the Banana Splits Lion Guitarist Trooper and as Magilla Gorilla. In the 70s, he landed a recurring role as Archie Bunker's best buddy, Barney Hefner. It was a role which he continued in the spin-off Archie Bunker's Place. He also voiced many TV commercials, and for 15 years, he held down the role of Al the Plumber for the Liquid Plumber brand. During his later years, Alan Melvin capped his illustrious career by devoting his work mainly to cartoon voiceovers until his retirement in 1994. This is Pat McCormick with your retro TV trivia from the Golden Rage of TV. You can also find me on YouTube, Facebook, and Instagram at Golden Rage of TV and on Twitter at Golden Rage of TV One. And now back to BK on the air. Thank you, Pat. Alan Melvin. That's the type of actor. I always wanted to be the type of actor in Hollywood where people would go, I know that guy. Yeah. Don't know what his name is, but he's in everything, and I know that guy. That's the kind of guy I always wanted to be because character actors always have work. They work even more steadily, I think, than leading men and leading yeah. actresses or whatever. But Alan Melvin, what a, what a fantastic actor. Even as a kid, I'm like, Sergeant Bilko, uh, Gomer Pyle is, is, um, as a Sergeant Hacker on Gomer Pyle. Then he yeah. went on to be in Sam the, uh, Sam the Butcher, as you heard Pat talk about on The Brady Bunch. Then even later, I'm like, hey— it's Barney. That's 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 Archie Bunker's neighbor on All in the Family, yeah. and then on Archie Bunker's Place. When it turned into that show, he had a much bigger role in that show. And um, I think they they interviewed him once, and he goes, uh, "People once compared Carol O'Connor and I to uh, Ralph and Ed Norton on the Honeymooners because we kind of right. we were kind of like that, and we were kind of going for that, and they they achieved it. What a funny guy! And I always I always tried to connect them. I'm like, okay, he started out in the military with Bilko, then he then he transferred to the Marine Corps. <laughs> and and go with Gomer right. Powell. Then he got out of the Marines and changed his name to Sam the Butcher and, and opened up a butcher shop. I'm, I'm mm-hmm. saying he's the same guy that over the years are connecting. So it all all, you connect all those universes, right? And then, and then when he got when he moved out of the, the town where he was the butcher, he's like, I think I'll move to New York. So he, the guy moved to New York, changed his name again because I don't know, maybe he's wanted or something. Uh, changed Pretty his name chance. to Barney Hefner and moved next to Archie Bunker. <laughs> Well, and so yeah. you would you'd want to be one of those actors that um, is successful but not recognizable, right? But but or, but but you recognize like you can me, still go you to the grocery store, yeah. Or, or people will come up and go, "Hey, aren't you the aren't you yeah dot dot fill in the blank?" You know, I'll be like, "Am I really?" Yeah, my brother in law said that when he was living in L.A. that he ran into the guy who played Newman on Seinfeld, who right, was from right. Cartersville. Yeah, uh, Wayne Knight. Wayne Knight, yeah, who was in Jurassic Park. Yeah, yeah. And he he walked by and he said, <laughs> he said, "Hey, you're uh, you're Wayne Knight." And he's like, "Yeah." He goes, 
love your stuff, but I'm not going to bother you. <laughs> said, Thank you. I love stuff like that. I understand William Shatner's that way. You know, sometimes he's not always, you know, want to talk about Star Trek. Yeah. But, uh, but that's funny. Uh, I think I said Rowan Atkinson, the guy that played Mr. Bean and then Black Adder, the funny mm-hmm. guy. He was so funny. Black and I'd forgotten Adder the other day. I was so watching, um, we were watching the Bond movies leading up to No Time to Die, going to see it. And I'd started about a month and a half ago watching the Bond films just to watch all of them, including Never Say Never Again. And I'm sitting there watching Never Say Never Again, and I saw it in a the theater back in 83, and I'd for- totally forgotten that Rowan Atkinson is in it as his as his contact in uh, in the Bahamas. <laughs> right. He's like, Nigel Smallfoss in here at your service, Mr. Bond. And he's so goofy in it, and I'm like, that guy is so funny. But he was telling a story once about a guy who came up to him and goes, you know... You look just like that Mr. Bean guy. Yeah. And he goes, do I? And he's like, yeah. and he just went on with him and went on and went on. And when he goes, when he finally said, well, I am him, he's like, no, you're not. Yeah. <laughs> he didn't even believe him at that point. He's like, no, you just look like him. So you've got to be that, have that sense of anonymity, you know, just to get away with that, which is, which is great. Well, before we went to the break, we were kind of talking about Indiana Jones. And uh, I've heard Harrison Ford is pretty – he's probably one of the most low-key guys that you'll ever hear and meet. Because I've always said no, – no offense to Harrison Ford because I know i got a guy here in the, in, the, in the studio that if I say anything wrong, I won't be here next week. I'll be missing. And right. Buried under the building about. somewhere. Yeah. But Harrison Ford seems know, to me yeah. if he doesn't have a script – He's just one of the most boring guys to ever listen to because he's just so because he just doesn't care. He's just just a laid back. back, He's just a a laid back family guy. He's a carpenter. Leave me be. And a pilot. (laughs) Yeah. Even even in his appearances back when The Force Awakens was about to come out, he'd appear on Jimmy Kimmel and some of those other shows. And you know they would ask questions, and he's like, "Yeah, I don't care." (laughs) He's just that. He's just that. You know, he's still that guy. But goes all the way back. I remember. I remember when he was doing like Letterman when he was doing Blade Runner. (laughs) Right. It was the most awkward interview ever because he just yeah. didn't yeah. want to engage. He's well, like, with a letterman, it's always awkward. Yeah, I, I don't want to be here. <laughs> yeah, or the time that he had the time that he was at uh, it was Kim, Kimmel or or Fallon, where he's talking about Star Wars, and little do they know, there's a guy in. Uh, in the in the uh, this guy you know, they have a Chewbacca in the audience. Oh yeah, and they go through the whole thing of, of Chewbacca, you know, fooling around with his wife. Stuff. But he did a great <laughs> job too. You did. He was yeah. so angry. You, Why she did was you do my that? Wife. <laughs> <laughs> She's my wife. At least he was able to do that, which is good. So, but I'm going to tell you, I'll share a little thing about uh, since we're going to the bottom of the hour, we're still talking about Indiana Jones talk since Sean is in here. Biggest. At one point, you had the one you had the biggest Indiana Jones collection that I'd ever seen from anybody. There, there's one guy that I've seen some pictures of in the last couple of years. His collection. His uh, collection is clip mine. Still have a lot of stuff still, I which is still great. Got it all. Uh, one one of the. Did you ever get the pinball machine? I had two of them. The Indiana Jones pinball machine. Cool. Yeah. That, that that's one of the. That's actually, you know, some pinball pinball machines will come out and they're themed, and you're like, oh, I'm gonna love this one. And you're like, oh, it's not that great. I know it's a so. I know it's a Star Wars pinball machine, no, but I really don't like it. Loves. Indiana Jones was great. It really was good. And uh, another one, which I thought was really good, is I went to a pinball and video game show. Uh, show at uh, the Galleria not too long ago down the old Galleria in Atlanta and that's just where I got my around. that's where yeah, I got they, my they still have those from, every yeah. year I was walking through and they had the brand new speaking of Halloween they had the brand new Michael Myers Halloween pinball machine in there really and, and it hadn't even it was just so new that, it, that everybody was checking it out and it was phenomenal it was really fun to play some of them are better than others you know price a pinball machine now try to buy one Oh, they're crazy! Oh, they're it's really up especially the older classic ones. But I loved, I loved pinball. Yeah. Pinball was a fun game. Well, I was just in an arcade day. in Woodstock last week. The uh, Blue Ghost finally opened. And, oh, really? Uh, yeah, and nice. So my daughter wanted to go for her birthday. 
So, oh, wow. cool. of course, I'm on all the pinball machines, and, <laughs> right. and they've got right. some that were definitely, like, I probably played them oh, yeah. at the machine shop in Marietta in 1982. Awesome. And, uh, yeah, just great, great. But those are just a blast. Well, the, some friends of ours in Kennesaw, Portal Pinball, that's another one up in Kennesaw, yeah. which is mm-hmm. a great p- place to go. You don't really put money into machines now. You pay, uh, you pay a when monthly you go fee in, and stuff. Or you pay a mm-hmm. daily fee to go in there for an yeah. hour or I two. I love too, that. So it's great. You just yeah. go in there and you just play whenever you want. Play for yeah, free. 15 it's bucks great. for the whole day. Could you imagine well, if we were kids? We would just never go home. <laughs> well, uh, do that as an adult. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. What do you mean? They'd have to do like they did what when say, I was John? a kid. They'd kick me out. But uh, back, um, fair point. Sean, being an Indiana Jones fan, which which Indiana Jones film is your favorite one? Is it Raiders, oh, Raiders of the Lost, Lost Ark? Now, how do how do how does it stack up? Put them in order for me from you. Which one is your favorite in order? Uh, Raiders, Last Crusade, Temple of Doom. See, I've always been. Raiders and the Temple of Doom for me. I, it, not, not a lot of people like that one for some reason, but I loved Indiana Jones and the Temple of Doom. And the third one is uh, is good, but I think it's the weak. It's not the one that I that I like as well, much. I'm a as huge the other, Sean so. Connery fan. Yeah, I am too. But uh, it's like Return of the Jedi. You know, uh, some different Return of the Jedi. It's the third film out of them, and it's the one I like the least. But it's still good though. So yeah, your favorite Raiders too, Walt? Oh yeah, Raiders Lost yeah, yeah. My no, my no. dad when he sometimes would go to movies with me uh, many years ago. I can only pick out two films my dad saw twice in the theater. My dad didn't go to the theater mm-hmm. more than once to see a movie. He's like, I've seen it once. I've seen it. Done. Now he'd watch it on television or whatever if it came on. But my dad actually made me. I almost passed out one day. He goes, Hey, um, let's go see that Raiders of the Lost Ark again. I'm like. What? Elizabeth, it's the big one. Coming I'm home. coming to join you, honey. I was about to was clutching my heart. I'm like, Dad, you want to go see a movie again? Yeah, I want to see that, that Raiders, man. That was a great film. Let's go see that again. So we went to see it twice, and I couldn't believe it. My, I've seen it more than twice, but my dad went oh, to yeah. see that twice. And the other film my dad saw twice was another heart attack moment. I took my dad to see Aliens, uh, the sequel to Alien by James Cameron. And, you know, a week or two later, he goes, hey, Let's see that aliens again. I'm like, who are you? Yeah. I said, well, did, did you get replaced by one of the pod people from Invasion of the Body Snatchers? Because you, your my dad doesn't it's go see movies taste. twice he in theater. Two good movies. To two see good twice. movies that I have a lot of rewatch. And that was one of those times that I thought the sequel was better than the first one. Right. I I and and I a lot of people agree with you on it. I think the Alien and Aliens are two such different films that I don't necessarily know that think that one's better than the other. But they're so different, you know, because yeah. in the first one, it's very brooding, quiet. And both There's of them are great. Alien. I mean, yeah. I love both of them, and they but I, just, both, I like the second one better. horror and terror are completely different. Yeah. Uh, 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 <laughs> hey, imagine one of the aliens after you in a ship. That would be horrifying, but imagine dozens of them after you. That's yeah. the second That's one. That's a bad That's day. Worse, so. And then we went back to one alien in Alien 3, which we won't talk about, which I didn't enjoy that much. If you've, ever, if you've never seen the director's cut of Alien 3, see the director's cut. It's much better. They really messed it up in the editing process. Oh, it's the terrible. As the producers theory. usually do when they get a hold of a movie. They'll go, oh, we don't like what you've done here. We're going to change this and and uh, put our own spin I on it. I saw the same thing recently with Blade Runner. Blade Runner, you final cut. The, yeah, the final cut, and it was actually a Very different. Be calm there. We're going to take a break. We'll be back. Groovy. Somewhere at the studios of WBHF, Alan, BK, and Walt are preparing for Halloween. Hey, you know, I'm really excited. We're dressing up this year for our Halloween spooktacular show. I've decided to go as Freddy Krueger. Wow, that looks great. Love the hat and claws. Let's hear your best Freddy. I've been away from my children. 
Awesome! Walt, you look great as Jason from Friday the 13th. Perfect hockey mask. Let's hear it. Oh, now that is scary. Thanks, Freddy. Where's BK? Hey, BK, are you ready? Hey, here I am. Look at that. Michael Myers from Halloween. This is fantastic. We all look really scary. All right, BK. Let's hear a little Halloween Michael Myers. James T. Kirk, captain of the Enterprise. What the heck is that? That's William Shatner. Yeah, that's Shatner. What are you doing? What is that? Well, Michael Myers doesn't say anything. And they did use a Captain Kirk mask for him in the movies. I didn't know what else to do. Tune in Sunday, October 31st, Halloween night for the WBHF Halloween Spooktacular, 9 p.m. to midnight Eastern. You'll have a frighteningly ghoulish time on 100.3 FM and AM 1450 WBHF and on the TuneIn app. All right, already. I don't know what else to say, except Happy Halloween. Do you mind telling me what this is all about, mister? I love watching scary movies while cuddled up with my delicious chocolate cereal, Count Chocula. Switch to something better, you chocoloon. My delicious strawberry-flavored Frankenberry. Tune in, Frank. Count Chocula has chocolate marshmallows. Wrong channel, Chalk. Frankenberry has delicious strawberry-flavored marshmallows. Kids love Count Chocula. Kids love Frankenberry. And I love their commercials. <laughs> you can enjoy this nutritious breakfast with Frankenberry. Count Chocula. Yes, don't forget to tune in on Halloween night next weekend, which is on a Sunday. We had a good time last year because it was on a Saturday, and, and Halloween being Halloween should be on every Saturday. They should just change it. It should. This year we get to stay here till midnight and then go to work the yeah, next morning. Which is fine with me because we've done it on weekdays before. We but we do it because we love to do it. We don't care. Well, the we, good thing this time is we start the week exhausted. <laughs> yeah, that's always fun. And I sleep in on weekdays now, so it's okay for me. I could do yes, it. Yes, so. absolutely. But yes, join us for our Halloween Spooktacular. We do it every year. I cannot believe it's the seventh year that we've done it. We'll talk about Halloween stuff, memories. We've got our favorite movies. or We'll talk about candy. We talk about a little bit of everything. But this year, I want to change it up a little bit, and I want to try to uh, get everyone's idea. If you could give your own personal Academy Award to someone on our show this, this, coming sun, this next Sunday on Halloween night, who would you give it to, and why would you give it to them? It doesn't matter if they've won an award before, like an Academy Award. If it's a director, an actor, music composer, special effects person, uh, any anything, animal actor. If you could give your own special award to somebody in the in the uh, in the entertainment business for a Halloween type award uh, in that genre, who would you give it to, and why would they get it from you? Is what we want to do. So that's just one of the different ones I'm going to throw out there, along with the, all the other stuff that we like to talk about here on uh, all the Halloween show stuff yeah so stuff. Uh, I, I'm, i'll introduce some halloween stuff as we go along today uh because it is the weekend before halloween but it's time we flash the audience of the news the weird the strange and the bizarre and crazy and it's true because i looked it up on the internet so well i have the first soon you should trademark that <laughs> i really should i should do something uh from upi 
I, and I know exactly why you picked this one for me now. You're going to find out, yeah. A Grateful Dead t-shirt from the band's original <laughs> merchandise was auctioned for a yeah. record-breaking price, as it should have been. Eddie Bruce at uh, the Rockin' Shop should know about this. I bet he does already. Oh, right I, I bet he does, yeah. yeah. Eddie's got a good shop over there, by the way. The 1967 shirt, sold as a part of Southby's From the Vault, property from the Grateful Dead and Friends, sold for $17,640, setting a new world's record. Record for the most money spent on a vintage rock shirt. It was more than the one you gave that you gave for the one you're wearing. Oh, right? mine was twenty three dollars. A little bit more. Okay. Eated.com. Yeah, yeah, I don't. I yeah, no, seventeen thousand dollars for right. shirt. Probably exactly. not going to do it. The previous record was set in 2011 when a vintage Led Zeppelin shirt sold for only ten thousand dollars on eBay. Wow, that much less. The Grateful Dead shirt was one of the band's first pieces of official merchandise and was designed by Alan Gut Turk, a Hell's Angel and graphic artist. <laughs> what a what a credit. What a credit there. Uh, who was a prominent figure in California's counterculture movement in the sixties. The winning bidder, Bo Bushnell, operates uh, the Outlaw Archive account on Instagram which is dedicated to the 1960s motorcycle culture. Okay. Wow. So uh, well, that's uh, I mean, you can't think of another trying to try to name another rock group in history. I mean, you could say the Beatles, sure, but even the Grateful Dead has just this loyal following that's just unmatched oh. in rock and roll. You so know, I was at the on. Dead and Company concert last week and um you had people, I mean, you literally had people in their 80s there and you had people in their 20s there. Right, and yeah, everywhere in between. It is it is a very eclectic group. It, it's an awesome, awesome fan. That base. reminded me when we went um, in 2017 to see uh, Jeff Lynn and ELO. I looked around. Yeah. The, I looked around the State Farm Arena, which was packed, by the way, in Atlanta, and I said, I see people in here that are nine, ten years old, and people in here who are eighty something years old. It's crazy. So some groups do that. They kind of run the gambit between ages yeah. which i think is good 770-386-1450 is our number somebody calling in right now hey it's bk on the air who's this it's me it's you hey you i are me all the time 24 <laughs> 7 alive and kicking vintage brian are you getting ready for halloween with the kitties and the grandkids and all that good stuff brian oh yeah i've got everything from a transformer to i think one of them dressed as a uh, a baby cow <laughs> so, so if, a, so if a transformer was to run into a cow, that could be good or bad. If, it, if it's a Decepticon or one of the one of the other good guys, I mean, that could be a bad thing, you know. Well, I figure if a transformer crossed with that cow, we could have milkshake cheese. <laughs> that's right. The stranger things have happened, so that's that's awesome. Well, you got kids, you got kids and grandkids, so it should be a good Halloween for you this year. Yeah, I've got six all together, so we'll see who comes by and who gets the most candy. Candy football like best. Right, that would probably be you would get the most candy if I know you correctly. Yeah. Oh yeah, me and all my diabetic stuff, I'd be real good there. <laughs> where the comb is shaking in the floor. Sometimes you have to ask the question: Is it worth it? Maybe it is. I don't know. <laughs> just go ahead and just bite. Don't bite the bullet. Bite the it tootsie depends, roll. Because if it skittles there, <laughs> it's going after the skittles. Good. Everybody has their favorite. Uh, but candy. you talking about horror, you talking about horror awards and all that? You've got to give a horror award to Johnny and Q. He directed that piece of horrific movie called Jim and the Hologram. Oh, so you're going to give him a horrible award for different reasons. 
Oh my god. They goodness. had a raspberry or a bobat, anyone he chose. Well, if we go in that direction, we could have uh, a whole different story about <laughs> yeah. bad movies and bad filmmaking. But you know. Caddy Shack too, I'm coming downtown. Caddy Shack too. <laughs> Why? Why? Caddy Shack too. Why? Walt just uh, had a coronary there for a second when you mentioned that movie because we can't believe that movie was even made. <laughs> I, I still deny that it was ever made. <laughs> yeah, there's a Caddyshack, too. There's a fourth Indiana Jones movie. I don't uh, know. Hey. That. <laughs> hey, I'd watch The Crystal Skull before I'd watch Caddyshack, too. I really would. I'd, I'd have to and agree. hey, Dan Aykroyd is in The Temple of Doom. People may not know that, but That's he right. is. Well, so that I would watch Nothing Caddy but Trouble with Jamie Chase before I'd watch either one of them, too, and that's not playing a lot. Well, if you had to go the route that we're going, I'm going to put you on the spot, Brian. If you had to give a, a Brian Award to someone in horror that deserves it for being awesome, who would you give one to just right on the spot? No question. There's only two people that come to my mind, Kane Hodder and Robert Eaton. Okay, two two bad guy actors, fantastic. You got Fre- you got uh, Jason and Freddy Krueger, there. Yeah, they they did deserve an award. I think so, very much so. And William Shatner's mask. <laughs> William Shatner's mask. Did oh, you, mask. Did okay. you hear our yeah. Did you hear our Halloween spot? I guess you did. Oh yeah, you know I'm out here lurking somewhere. <laughs> well, Halloween I'm night. Like the Mako shark. <laughs> How, you're, the, you're like the Energizer Bunny. Halloween night, make sure you're tuned in and even give us a call uh, if you get a chance while you're out there running around Halloween night. We'll be here. All right, Barry. Y'all have a good one. It's always a pleasure speaking to you. Always a pleasure with you being out there. Talk to you later. Vintage Brian out there. Been a long-time listener to the show. He used to listen to me when I was at that other radio station. Yeah, he's been with us a long That's time. That's great. So, uh, and so is Eric and a lot of other people that actually email me off the air that don't want to go on the air because they just don't want to talk. I guess they're, they're embarrassed or scared. It's began there. We'll be back. That's it, man. Game over, man. It's game over. I drink Dr. Pepper and I'm proud. I'm part of an original crowd And if you look around these days There seems to be a Dr. Pepper craze I'm a pepper, he's a pepper, she's a pepper, we're a pepper Wouldn't you like to be a pepper too? I'm a pepper, he's a pepper, she's a pepper If you drink Dr. Pepper, you're a pepper too Be a pepper, drink Dr. Pepper Be a pepper, drink Beat inflation, folks, with Woolworth Dollar Day Super Values. Just $1 buys a Wisconsin pants set or a bucket of 24 sponges. Your choice of steel oven pants, Super Seal food containers, or Camaro 20 exposure color film. Get two polyester blankets for just $7. Find a lampshade for just $5. See our circular for hundreds of Dollar Day Super Values. It's like inflation never happened at Woolworth now. Hi, mateys. This is K.A.B. Antonio Bay. Stevie Wayne here, beaming a signal across the sea. For the men of the seagrass, 15 miles out tonight, a warm hello. And keep a watch out for that fog bank heading in from the east. Now, in the meantime, relax with me while I play this song from the Coupe de Ville's, dedicated just to you. Boy, would I like to meet her. <laughs> I saw her at a grocery store one day. Yeah? You would like to meet her. She's crazy. There's no fog bank out there. What do you know about her? She owns that lighthouse. I know that. Her son plays Little League with my kid brother. She's a mother? <laughs> I thought you were happily married. <laughs> Not that happy. No fog <laughs> bank out there. Hey. There's a fog bank out there. Alright. I'm drunk enough. Let's go back.
little abracadabra by Steve Miller. Talk about magic and uh, sorcery and Halloween. Abracadabra, I'd like to reach out and grab you. Can you? Can Why you are you bo- looking at me? <laughs> He's staring right you're, at you. You're, you're, you're behind the glass. You're safe. It's okay. I can you believe that was Steve so. Miller's biggest hit he ever had? In 1982, out of all the hits he had, which was great, he ruled the 70s. Yeah, yeah but when Abracadabra came out in 1982, I think it's the biggest hit he ever had. And after that, I don't think he had a song that cracked the top ten. After that, it well, was he almost heard like that he on the radio like he every 30 minutes peaked with crazy. that, and then it went. I don't know. And I've always loved Steve Miller. He's a great guitarist, great, great artist. Yeah. I've seen him in concert a couple times. Uh, Let's continue the classy audience of the news, the weird, the strange, and the bizarre. I've got the next one from UPI, the Israeli Antiquities and Authority. Antiquities. Israeli. Indiana uh, Indiana Jones could have done something for them at one point. Belongs in a museum. I don't know if you... This does. Listen to this. I know you probably, probably heard about this this week. Um, they said a diver off the country's northern coast in Israel found a 900-year-old sword believed to have belonged to a knight during the Crusades. Isn't that crazy? I, I that, that stuff amazes me. I love that. And we were talking a few weeks ago, what movie prop would you most like to have from any film? And the one to me that always comes to mind is the sword from Excalibur. I would love to have that. That would be amazing. I'd love to have. The authority said Shlomi Katzen of Atlet was uh, diving off of Carmel Beach when he spotted a barnacle, might have barricade too, barnacle-encrusted sword on the seabed. He took the sword to the Northern District Office of Antiquities at the uh, Robbery Prevention Unit, which handled the artifact, off to the National Treasures Department. Quote, the sword, which has been preserved in perfect condition, is a beautiful and rare find and evidently belonged to a crusader knight. The inspector for the Israel Antiquities Authority Robbery Prevention Unit told the Times of Israel. Officials said the sword will be cleaned and studied by experts before going on display. Well, I hope so, because I'd love to see that, because they say it's in great shape. I saw shape. the picture of it where they found that it was just sitting on the sand, yeah. just covered with barnacles stuff. and stuff. Yeah. It would not last in the salt water. It's amazing to me that it was in that good a condition. Yeah, and I'm like, they ha- I haven't seen it without the barnacles on it yet. You know that, they're, that they take great care getting chopping those things off of there and chiseling it off yeah. because they don't want to damage it. Because I just love to see something that old from the Crusades. Because that era has always fascinated me with the, you know King Arthur and Excalibur and, and the knights and the Crusade knights of, of uh, King Richard and stuff like that. I've always loved that kind of stuff and, and have read up a lot about it, and I would love to see a real sword like that. Well, if I ever right. find one, that will be added to the Walt Murray collection <laughs> at my house, and I will bring it into the station. Well, I don't know. Well, I don't know about that, because if you find one, you might just sell it. You Good point. the money that you get to take us all on the, on the world trip. Why did he say take us? <laughs> right. Yeah. Who well, are you I, guys? Including you. I was going to say, that broke down at some including point. Including you. We're, we're, uh, he's a Murray. He's going to It broke down after sell. We were, we were joking a couple of weeks ago. She's like, what do we do if we win the lottery, honey? I'm like... Forget a lot of relatives. Vanish. Because yeah. we're going to have relatives Vanish, out, of the, right. out of the woodwork go, I know I'm your 12th cousin three times removed, but I haven't seen you in a long time. How you doing? I'm Love like, you, pal. get away from me. Yeah. <laughs> so change my phone you number. just got out of prison. This. Do not <laughs> so, talk to me. Yeah. First of all, I said, if we win millions of dollars, you won't see us for at least a couple of years because we're going to take a trip around the yeah, world. Because we're going to go we're gonna blow be it. <laughs> we're going to be gone. Well, I'm going to do what Clark Howard said. blow every penny. There's a local talk show host that helps you save money in Atlanta on WSB in the Atlanta area named Clark Howard. He goes, if you ever win the lottery, and I believe in this, he goes, if you win, no matter what it is, if you win a million dollars, 10 million, 20 million, whatever, take 15 to 10% of it right off the top and just blow it. He goes, yeah. just do it. Get it out of your system. Take 10% of it. And that's a lot yeah. of, of any large amount, 20%. Blow it. 
just blow it and get it out of your system, and that'll take care of that. And then you can be sensible about the rest of it and yes, do what absolutely. you want. So I, I agree with that totally. Absolutely. Some of us blow it when we don't have the lottery winnings. That is <laughs> Sometimes, true. so we have to be careful. I've learned my lesson. That's called that. debt. It's called collecting things. i got too many things up. Well, I have got the next news. From the UPI, a glass vase purchased for $4.99 at a thrift store in the Pacific Northwest is expected to sell for up to $15,000. Another one of these. After it was identified as a rare piece from 1902. Sean, we've had so many stories. Al and I see these stories. I moved into a house and found something in the basement. Thought it was crap. Turns out to be uh, from the 16th century painting. And I'm like, yes. for Why cents at yard all center. I find is bottle caps and <laughs> banana peels. <laughs> well, Heritage Auctions said that the October 28th Tiffany and somebody else and art glass, including <laughs> art. Tiffany's. Somebody else. I mean, we can't pronounce You give the me name. these with a whole bunch of these <laughs> hey, I get those names the I can't pronounce. Uh, but that auction will feature a rare Lutz Argus glass <laughs> face wow. designed by Austrian... Kokomo Moser, uh, a a participant in the Vienna Secession art movement. The vase is expected to fetch between $10,000 and $15,000 when it goes up for auction. That is crazy. You will not hear that name on a newscast. I'm a Kokomo Ozer with tonight's <laughs> news. Clark Kent Co- sounds Co- much better. Kokomo Kokomo Ozer. <laughs> you read it okay. You just can't say it. I cannot say paper. it. I got the next news. <laughs> Hey, it's Halloween. A Halloween kind of story here from UPI. A Wisconsin farmer grew a pumpkin believed to be the heaviest grown in the country this year, but it was disqualified for a reason. By the way, you want to take a stab, guys? How how many pounds this thing was? This pumpkin, Sean, you first. Eight hundred pounds. Eight hundred pounds. Uh, Eight hundred and one. Eight hundred one. Oh, <laughs> price is right. <laughs> ding 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 ding. No, you're not right on the money. So. <laughs> No, 2,520-pound pumpkin. 801 wins. Yeah, <laughs> 801 would win. Yeah, and I hated that. That's some pie. On The Price is Right, I never agreed with that, if I, if I could sneak this in, because I think uh, trying to guess the, the price without going over, I think, is wrong. I think whoever's closest to it, period, should win. If it's, if it's 2,000 and you guess 2,001, you're still closer than anybody else. Right. Even though you've gone over. So yeah. that's, that's, just, I, that's just me. Uh, it was disqualified, though. They disqualified this pumpkin from the thing. You know why? Steroids. Do, well, no. Steroids. Could be. There was juice. It's, it's due to a crack. Oh, of course it's going to crack. Terrible. It's 2,000 pounds. Mike yeah, Schmidt of Marxian said he had been growing giant pumpkins for years, but this year marked the first time one of his gourds surpassed 2,500 pounds. His 2,520-pound 20, pumpkin is believed to be the largest grown in the United States this year, but it was disqualified for, from competition due to a fingernail-sized crack in the vegetable's exterior. That blows. The grower said the crack is believed to be a result of internal pressure from the pumpkin's large size and the awkward way it was growing. The pumpkin could have earned Schmidt $22,680 prize from the 2021 Safeway World Champion Pumpkin Way Off in California. I didn't know if there was such thing. That's awesome. They offer a $9 per pound prize to the winner. That's where wow. that total would have come from. That's that's an that's an example of where being really big and fat yeah. <laughs> or having a lot of girth. How do you really even transport off. that? I have no idea. Schmidt said that he is now looking forward to the future. And we'll hopefully say no to crack. <laughs> so there we go. Oh, I kind of added, wow. that, at, added that at the end of there. So that wasn't in the original story. So, yeah. Well, I have the last news. If there's a reason to say no to crack. That would be it. Well, I can tell this is going to be crazy. It comes from Louisiana. Oh, great. A Could man in Shreveport, Florida. Louisiana, in fact, didn't win last night's Powerball jackpot. But 
He may have won the internet with his dreams of how he'd spend his winnings. <laughs> oh, yeah. no. yeah. The man identified only as James was being interviewed by Corey Johnson of KSLA-TV. I, I saw this. A CBS yeah. affiliate in Shreveport where he frankly admitted what he'd do if he won. <laughs> The $700 million prize. Well, I'm definitely going to get a new supercharged Mustang with dual exhausts and about five kilos of cocaine. <laughs> and I'll be good to go, James said. That was not the answer Johnson or anyone expected, but the reporter handled things pretty deftly like a pro, changing the subject. Oh, so you like cars, she said. <laughs> a little different than what we would do if we yeah. were in the lottery. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah, definitely. I mean, that's the last thing I think of to do is that. So Now, that is a good car. Yeah. That's a great car. Oh, yeah, car. that's not a bad car. But, again, that's not a car that I would go for if I won the lottery. That's I mean, if he was going to do that, he should get a DeLorean, right? Yeah, absolutely. At least one that can time travel. I mean, come on. He's got a lot of money. Might as well get that one. <laughs> <laughs> you gotta love people, don't you? You guys were talking on the uh, the Wilder Ride podcast that you guys, uh, you and Alan, do, where you talk about uh, Gene Wilder movies and interview people. Here on the last couple of years, you've been doing it. Who were, you guys were talking to? A uh, Tom Chennault of the, uh, the yes uh, here yeah, in Carville, yeah, yeah. and he's he's officiating the mm-hmm. new. Uh, he's got a position over at the Savoy Auto Museum, which they're yeah, opening. absolutely. It's going to be a big. I can't wait for it to open because I want to go check it out. I can't wait. Antique and interesting and special automobiles that are going to be in there. And uh, you guys are talking to him, and you're asking, "What would your dream vehicle? If you could have any vehicle in the world, what would you what would you want it to be? If you could just buy any car?" And which is interesting to hear the answers because I think my, when I was listening, see, Alan went this Alan went the route of just fantastic, fant- over you know, the top. What was yeah. it? Was his like an Aston Martin or something? Yeah, like something that, like that. Yeah. Uh, my and yours was like a, you you said something reasonable, kind of reasonable and down to earth, but it was still a really good something that you said what would you yeah i was disappointed alan with my choices yeah, do you I, remember what yours was i would I, I would actually buy the brand new ford ranger yeah which and, is loaded obviously with uh, stuff. Yeah, yeah top uh, of the line tom loaded. was very tom chanel was very down to earth to his answer too i think he said something like an antique uh ford uh truck or something yeah like that, an, an old antique uh, that was in perfect shape or something that's me i would get something like people say you got you get any vehicle you want i'm like what do i want uh, I don't know, just a big four, just a big yeah. all-wheel drive uh, Toyota Four Runner, something big that I can drive and take it across country or whatever. Absolutely. That's what I would do. I wouldn't go for a. I know I could get a, a new uh, the new Jaguar that was Inspector or the new Aston Martin or the new uh, Lamborghini or whatever. Well, I, like I just don't Bronco really have any too, interest in having one. There are some kinks they need to work out, but I like the 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 Bronco. Somebody's pulling in here with a Mustang. I like the Mustang. So, did, uh, what would you take, Sean? Is it the Phantom Two that the Sultan and Indiana Jones would want? Yeah, <laughs> well, I even crusade. love the color. Is that what you? Is that the way that you want? I don't know. If you, if you, you could get whatever you, you want. What would you get? Car. I'd yeah. actually just pick a new nice pickup truck or something. Yeah, see, yeah. yeah. I mean, if I had my choice, I'd get like a '69 Camaro, but it had to be. Like yeah. That. So you must be an antique. Yeah. Something in the side of my head says. I don't know. You know. 77 Trans Am from Smoking the Bandit would be fun just to fly that around. That would be awesome. Something like that. Or if it's anything in the world, even a fantastic car, give me the 66 model Batmobile from Batman. Right. The old 60s oh, model, which, was, which right. was great. Yeah, <laughs> which was actually an old Ford Futura uh, a car that they built around it. It was a futuristic, futuristic car that Ford was going to build called the Futura. And they never released it to the public, but it was a concept car, and the Batmobile was built around that chassis. I thought it was great. Speaking on there, we'll have more Halloween stuff and more facts and more fun when we come back. Now, these messages. I'd like to talk to you about good things to eat, like Swiss cheese on a crisp Ritz cracker, or a chunk of ham on a crisp Ritz cracker. Mmm. Peanut butter and jelly on a crisp Ritz cracker. 
Everything tastes great when it sits on a Ritz. You hungry? Then have some onion dip on a crisp Ritz cracker. Mmm. 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 Good cracker. Good cracker. From Nabisco. Good cracker. Good, good cracker. There's a secret. Where's the secret? Secrets at your fingertips. It's Arthur Treats your fish and chips. How do we make the meal you can't make at home? What makes our fish fillets so crunchy? Our chips like French fries outside and baked inside? We'll never tell. There's a secret here tonight. Real good secret here tonight. Clap your hands and smack your lips for Arthur Treats original fish and chips. Then there is what could only be a bizarre coincidence or something else. Stand by to receive our transmission. Welcome to another edition of Star Wars Extra, bringing you the latest from the Star Wars galaxy. I'm your host, Mike Mann. Hello there. This week kicked off once again with a behind-the-scenes look from MakingStarWars.net. This time, focusing on The Mandalorian Season 3. First, from a production aspect, The Mandalorian is well known for utilizing ILM's legendary stagecraft system, which uses a giant LED screen that wraps around the physical set to absolutely immerse the cast in the settings and locations. However, for Season 3, shots have been leaked for the filming using multiple large blue screens with physical terrain, much like the Kenobi leak from last week's episode. How this may alter the tone of the series, if at all, will be highly anticipated. Next, a scene is described featuring roughly 75 Mandalorians. This fact is an amazement while making sense at the same time. At the end of Season 2, Din Djarin bested Moff Gideon in battle, thus acquiring the Darksaber and making him the Mandalore, the leader of the thought-to-be-extinct Mandalorian people. And a leader needs an army, bringing in the possible 75 Mandalorian warriors. However, on the other hand, the Mandalorian takes place five years after Return of the Jedi, and the Mandalorian people are all but legendary at this point, with only a few known to be scattered across the galaxy. Also to be noted is that fans did not see any Mandalorians in the sequel trilogy adding to the extinction theory. But as we saw in season one, many warriors were living underground in groups. This would most likely play out that Dejarin could rally his people, thus entering the 75 warriors. Will Star Wars fans see a new Mandalorian army in Season 3? The chances are very probable that they will make their way to the series. But fans have to wait to find out when the Mandalorian Season 3 debuts in 2022 on Disney+. Plus. I like it. Also, this week comes the release of the Star Wars Secrets of the Sith book, which give fans the first ever canon appearance of the mysterious and legendary Sith Lord Darth Plagueis the Wise. Fans will remember the tragedy of Darth Plagueis the Wise. As told by Palpatine in Revenge of the Sith, however, now a shrouded figure with glowing red eyes appears behind Palpatine in a Sith lineage picture, which also features Darth Vader, Kylo Ren, and Rey. There has additionally been speculation that Plagueis will be making his live-action debut in Leslie Headland's Star Wars Acolyte series, which would make this visual a soft opener for the Dark Lord. While time will tell on the latter appearance, Star Wars Secrets of the Sith, as told by Palpatine himself, is currently available wherever books are sold. All right, man. Before we go, the creative team at Star Wars Extra would like to wish a very happy birthday to Sam Witwer who has been the voice of Maul throughout the character's animated story, along with his appearance in Solo, A Star Wars Story. Happy birthday, Sam, and thank you for your continued additions to the Star Wars universe. 
That's all the time we have. This episode was written by Droylag Media exclusively for Star Wars Extra. Be sure to tune back in next week for all the latest and greatest in Star Warsing. For Star Wars Extra, I'm Mike Mann. And now, back to BK on the air. Thank you, Mike Mann. We're back. It's BK on the air. Another uh, classic rock album, at least to me, turned 44 years old this week in 1977. That's Out of the Blue by the Electric Light Orchestra, one of the biggest albums they ever did. Album turned to stone, Sweet Talking Woman, Mr. Blue Sky, which was revised and reused in uh, Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2 at the beginning. Uh, what a great group. Uh, it's no secret that they're one of my favorites. Jeff Lynn went on to produce The Beatles, uh, Tom Petty, The Traveling Wolverines. He produced uh, Roy Orbison, uh, Joe Walsh. He's worked with so many people. Uh, if the Beatles bring you in to produce their new album, you know, back in the when, the, when they did their Free as a Bird song yeah. with. Uh, mm-hmm with John Lennon, you must be pretty talented for them to bring you in because he's friends with George Harrison. He's probably one of the the most under-recognized talents oh, very in, much so. in rock music. And I recognize him quite a bit. There always comes a part up here uh, on Turn to Stone that I always like to do. It's the part where they talk really fast. And when I play it on the radio, I try to go ahead and do it. So I'm going to do it right now. I learned to do I learned to do this as a kid, and I think I can, I can still do it as an adult. And it's just a little stupid thing that I'm proud of. So here it is. I want you to give it a try. Yes, I'm turning to stone because you ain't coming on my two coming home if I turn to stone. You'll be gone for so long and I can't carry on. Yes, I'm turning, I'm turning, I'm turning to stone. That may be the most impressive hey. thing I've ever seen you do. <laughs> well, you know, <laughs> that's saying a lot because that's about as good as it gets with well, me. Well, I don't really pay too much attention, so. <laughs> Dumbass. You may have done other great things, but. No, you're right. I haven't. Seven seven zero three six fourteen fifty is our number. BK on the air. No, that's it. That's about as great as I get. That you peak. That's it. You just peak. I peak. Yeah. Right now. Yeah. Eleven twelve. But the problem is, it's the same peak over and over again. That's all I right. can do. I just repeat it over and over again like a rerun. On Saturday, the twenty third of October, you hit your high point. Yeah, there's I no, was there. There's no. <laughs> you were there to see it. All right, let's go get lunch. <laughs> we're gonna erect a plaque right here on the wall. <laughs> Uh, he said erect. Uh, <laughs> hey, fine. booger. I can do it. <laughs> I can do the podcast. <laughs> Give us a call, 770-386-1450, if you want to add to anything we're talking about today. We're talking about Halloween, uh, album, obviously, album anniversaries, and Star Wars. Just had the Star Wars extra report. I do want to remind everybody, again, Halloween's coming up, and you can see some horror films in the theater if you want to go, right here from flashbackcinema.net. If you've never seen Stanley Kubrick's uh, The Shining in the theater, it is, a it is and to me, people list their, their scariest movies of all time. I think Alan, Alan Sanders says uh, he thinks The Exorcist probably is one of his scariest ones. My scariest movie that I've always just, it always gives me a chill somewhere every time I watch it is The Shining with Jack Nicholson, Stanley Kubrick. There's just something about that movie being isolated in the Overlook Hotel with no one around. 
and ghosts are there and they're slowly taking you over and they're wanting to kill you and it's just stuff going on it's just nightmarish to watch and and i love every minute of it sunday october 31st halloween don't don't go after 9 p.m because you want to be able to listen to us here at wbhf on the halloween spectacular but you can go sunday october the 31st and wednesday november 3rd and see The Shining. And go to flashbackcinema.net just to see where it's playing. They're also going to play Alfred Hitchcock's Vertigo in the theater. Flashbackcinema.net on Sunday, October 24th. And Wednesday, actually that's uh, tomorrow. And Wednesday, October 27th. So tomorrow and this upcoming week, you'll be able to see Vertigo. And also in theaters, thanks to FathomEvents.com. Our friends at Fathom Events and theaters, October the 30th, you can see a double feature of the original Invisible Man and the Wolf Man from Universal. Oh, wow. Uh, celebrating 90 years of the classic monsters with a special double feature of the original Invisible Man and the Wolfman. Plus, fans will get an exclusive tour of the Universal Studios lot as they watch the, watch it on the big screen, which is great. If you've never been to Universal Studios, I'm a bigger Universal fan than I am Disney. I know my wife wants to kill me for saying that, but I really am. I'm a big Universal fan. So That's not all she wants to kill you there's, for. Oh, there, yes, a lot more. <laughs> I will wind up dead one day. And you know it. You're an investigator, so I want you to check it out when it happens. Speak on the air. You can see horror films in the theater. Go see them. It's Halloween coming. Oh, I love this song. What was that? It's out of the blue, the ELO album. Electric Light Orchestra on Jet Records and Tapes. Distributed by CBS Records. Throughout history, he has filled the hearts of men with terror and the hearts of women with desire. Dracula. Starring Frank Langella with Laurence Olivier. Dracula. From Universal. Rated R. Under 17. Not admitted without parent. Yeah, the Groovy Ghoulies. It's Halloween. I thought I would sneak that in. Uh, <laughs> there's a time where we took the monsters and made them into cute things that we like. The Groovy Ghoulies. I don't know if Walt and Sean, I don't know if you guys remember that on I Saturdays. The Groovy Ghoulies shows. They came on and they would sing songs like the Archies. And it was Frankenstein, the Wolfman, and Dracula, which is great because Dracula... They had little. It was like laugh-in. They'd come out and go and go. Hey, where were you when the lights went out in the dark? You know, just do these little jokes and stuff. And they would have these songs, and they did the monster mash song and stuff. But what's interesting is um, Dracula was voiced 
by Larry Storch. Remember Larry Storch from F Troop? Oh, God. Yeah. And the Ghostbusters, and God, that guy did so many things. Um, and the Wolfman, when he would talk, that was Howard Morris, the guy that was played Ernest T. Bass on the Andy Griffith Show. That's right. Oh he was God. in yep. so many things. He was also in uh, History of the World, Mel Brooks's History of the World, uh, introducing uh, Great Caesar in the palace, <laughs> you know. Which That's good. right. And we had a lot. They, just, they had so many, they had so many uh, things they did outside of that. And back now, when I watch Andy Griffith show reruns, especially the black and white episodes, a lot of them say directed by Howard Morris. I'm like, Ernest yeah. T. Bass directed this. It's episode. me. It's me. It's Ernest T. It's great. That's it's awesome. Too. I love those old shows. Oh, they're they're great. And you can't believe that. Um, I think he's from New York. How would you know listening to him oh, talk yeah. as Ernest T. Bass, mm-hmm. which is great. I've been watching Andy Griffith show, and I told you last week I'm currently still in the middle of watching Dragnet. What a great best cop show. show ever made. Yeah. Even I mean, it started on radio. I watched the '50s episodes. They're in black and white, where Harry Morgan wasn't on it. Then he brought it back in 1965 or six as a color show in the '60s, yeah. which ran all the way to 1970. And I'm watching it, and I'm like, this was amazing how this man produced and directed and starred in every episode. So do you think Harry Morgan with. looked 70 when he was like 17? I don't know. Some We were talking about that the other day. I'm like, were some actors just old all the time? They just always look the same age. Yeah. It's like it's like that guy was just, it's like the Forrest Kelly, Dr. McCoy. Oh, yeah. I would see him in old movies. I'm like, he's old then. Yeah. <laughs> I hope people don't see pictures of me and say that. I'm like, were you just really old all the time? I'm like, no. <laughs> <laughs> All of a sudden, I was young, and one morning I woke up, and bam, I was old. I, I, was I can't believe that. Yes. I'm... Well, I want to do a little on this day in history. Oh, great, right to this. <laughs> on this day in history. I didn't plan it that way. It's terrible. <laughs> on this day in history. On this day in history. Some of these are well, well before us, which is good. October the 23rd is to this day, if you're listening on this day. But if you hear it later, just know that's the date. Today is October 23rd. It's the weekend before Halloween. 1814. One of the first... Medical procedures was happened on 1814. You guys want to take an idea, a little stab at Lobotomy. what it was? That's close, but not quite. Same area. Oh, hemorrhoid. <laughs> no, that's the wrong area. <laughs> oh. You're going the other way now. That's not. But right. they're so close sometimes. No, it's... believe it or not, one of the first modern plastic surgeries oh. in the West was performed by Joseph Capu on a soldier's nose in England using Indian techniques in 1814 oh, yeah. on this day. Was the first plastic? Yeah, it was a guy who had like been hit with it, what, it wasn't like mustard gas, yes, but yeah. I don't know what it was. It was a, it was a, it was a, it was a, it was a um, accident of some kind. Uh, today, Walt Disney's on October third, twenty third, Walt Disney's animated film Dumbo, the elephant, was uh, released yeah. on this day. Now, do you guys know what year it was? that Dumbo was released on this day in history. It really floored me because I forgot what year it was, and I couldn't believe it when I saw it. 1958. You say 58, Walt? Dumbo? Uh, Walt Disney? 54. 54. (laughs) Walt Disney's Dumbo was released on this day in 1941. Oh, wow. Wow. World War II was going on when this movie came out. That's crazy. Yeah. I couldn't believe it was that long ago. On this day in history, 1956, the first video recording on magnetic tape Televised coast to coast was on this day in 1956. Wow! On magnetic Jeez. videotape, they were using it way back then. We didn't get it until the late to early uh, late 70s, early 80s. 19. All right. Uh, on this day in history, the Smurfs first appear in the story Johan and Perlio by Belgium cartoon artist Peyo. You want to take a stab at what year? The Smurfs premiere. I don't even know what on that television. All meant. Um, the Smurfs. I just want to. I just want to know his name again, so I know. Who First appeared. I can't say that again because I'm going to butcher that one into something that I can't say. That's a uh, dangerous 84? name. Eighty-four. Eighty-four. Sean. First appearance of the Smurfs on television. First appearance ever. 
First appearance. And first appearance ever. 1961. Yeah. Mm-hmm. 61. You're sticking uh, with. No, I've got to go earlier than that. I've got to go 1970. 70. 1958. Jeez. Wow. It was the Smurfs. It was a comic. Look, animated thing is when they first appear on television. It'd be a long time before we saw him on TV again in the early right. 80s. And, but and it wasn't blue. It was 58. <laughs> Not blue. And I think, what was it? They're, they're little German, Austrian creatures. And oh, it's, uh, they always says that they're three, they're three apples high. That was the Smurfs. They're three yeah. apples high. Uh, 1963, the Neil Simon play Barefoot in the Park, starring Robert Redford and Elizabeth Ashley, premiered in New York City on... On, on stage. I put that in there because I was in Barefoot in the Park. I was in a production of it here at the Pump House Players in Carlsville. It was really fun to do live theater and play in Barefoot in the Park. I was the telephone repair man that brings their, their phone. It's the comedic role that he gets to come in and he's reacting to them fighting and stuff like that. And he's showing his, uh, he's, he's trying to install the phone and saying stuff and smooth things over and it's kind of a fun thing to do. <laughs> uh, not, uh, cho- we always want to go back 40 years ago. 40 years ago, number one on the Billboard chart, 1981. What was number one? Christopher Cross, the theme to Arthur, best that you can do. Remember that song very yeah, well. Yeah, great song. Good song. Christopher uh, Cross was just such a talent. He, he was, and he recovered from COVID uh, last yeah. year, and uh, he, he had a bad bout with it, I hear. By the way, um, Sean's a big computer guy. Apple did something in 2001 on October the 23rd. You want to take a stab at something big that happened with Apple in 2001? 2001? Yeah. What happened with Apple? What, what did they do in 2001 on this date in history that might ring your bell? Oh or press your power button or uh, hit Control-Alt-Delete or whatever you want to say. The first I- iPod. You're right. They released the first iPod. See, I knew he'd know that if he just thought about it because he's, he's good at the computers. Right. Apple released the iPod on this day in 2001. It was the size of a basketball and had three songs. I'm a three player. Songs. It held, you know, like a good 20 minutes of music. Yeah. <laughs> Speaking of James Bond, 2012, today's the date that Skyfall premiered in 2012. James Bond on this day in history. Birthdays today include Frank Sutton, Sergeant Carter himself. Yes, sir. From Gomer Pyle, USMC. He was, and I had no idea he was a Southern boy. He was born in Clarksville, Tennessee. Uh. And listening to him talk, you would <laughs> never tell he was from Tennessee listening to his uh, the way he spoke. And he died way too early, 1974. Yeah, he was doing a stage play or something at a dinner theater thing and uh, died before or after the performance of one of the, 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 the things that he was supposed to do. Died way too early. And he was a funny guy. I can't hear you. He was. Did you know? I did not know this. When Gomer Powell was canceled, it was it was Jim Neighbors that that quit Gomer Powell. He's like, we've only gone so far. I'm getting old to be a private still on the show. I'm going to use yeah. a lot of makeup and color my hair. Let's let's move on. I'd like to do something else. And CBS CBS said, well, help. Let's give you a a variety show. And they did. It was a Jim Neighbors hour, and he had like a show like Carol Burnett where people would come on and stuff. And then they thought about continuing Gomer Pyle. With Frank Sutton as as the as the main character, the sergeant, and then bringing Goober from uh, oh. Mayberry out there and turning it into Goober Pile USMC, and they're like, no, that would be cheap because it's just a knockoff of him. So we didn't do that. So they almost did that because the show was still in the top ten when they stopped it, and Jim moved on to other. That's things. crazy. A great singer too, by the way. Could you believe that voice came out of him? Oh yeah, when he would sing. Well, that was the big thing about his variety show. Oh yeah. You know? On this day in history, 1959, birthday Weird Al Yankovic. This is birthday oh, today. Good old Weird Thomas Al. Thomas's favorite he great. artist. His real name is Alfred Matthew. Doesn't oh. quite sound as good, does it? 
Today's the birthday of Johnny Carson. To me, best Tonight Show host there will ever be and ever By was far. is Johnny Carson. He died in 2005. 1942 uh, was the year Michael Crichton was born, American novelist and sometimes director. He's directed some pretty good movies that I've seen before. I keep forgetting some of his films. Uh, Andromeda Strain, Congo, the one about the apes. Uh, I saw that, that was recently. Michael Crichton. That's a tough one to watch. Uh, I know, and it's it's not that it's not that great of a movie. It's yeah. maybe a good story. But he directed a film in 80, 80 or 81 or 82. I can't remember when it came out. It had Susan Day and it and James Colburn. It was called Looker. Did you guys ever see Looker? I remember where they that. took people. It was a whole movie about taking people and putting them in commercials when they weren't really there, like CGI. And there was this oh. whole controversy about. It. I'm like, wow, we were even thinking about that back Michael in 1981. Was a genius. He was so ahead of his Man. time. And they had a, an interesting gun in Looker. They could shoot you with this gun, and it would make you black out, and time would pass like that. If you hit got hit with this gun, you would you would black out, and you'd wake up like hours later. But for you, it was like a second wow. went by. That's Just crazy. like so being weird. on this show. That's right. <laughs> exactly. I didn't flash the time. I'll flash the thing that you use in Men in Black at you guys before you leave. <laughs> Spare you that or you'll forget about it. Today's Ryan Reynolds' birthday. Deadpool. Oh, yeah. Uh, today is also Amelia Clark's birthday from Game of Thrones and Solo. Love Amelia Clark. Great actress. And William Hootkins. American actor died on this day at 57. He was in Star Wars, Flash Gordon, Raiders of the Lost Ark, Top Men. Top Men. Superman 4 and Batman. He was in a lot of movies. What a character actor. I want it. You probably think I'm beautiful, Dr. Roberts, but I'm not. I want it. My nose is 0.2 millimeters too narrow, and my cheekbones are 0.4 millimeters too high. I want it, too. I do television commercials. They want a certain look. Hi. I'm Cindy. I'm the perfect female type. Hi, I'm Cindy. I'm the perfect female type. You don't know what's going on. This is more than commercials. They're killing all the girls that are perfect. I did surgery on several girls a few months back. There have been some suicides. What have you got me mixed up in? to know if somebody's trying to kill me. Don't look at the screen. If looks could kill, looker. Shouting some interjections. Ha! This blows! 
there's not enough books to go around. It's a bitch when you gotta go to a public school. So if you're pissed, damn, and steamed, crap, really mad, screw this, and getting reamed, eat me. An interjection is the thing to shout. This Uh. Hey, we're back. It's BK on the air. I want to tell you about Cartersville Bicycle Service and Supply. They offer maintenance and repairs of all bicycles as well as parts and accessories. Whether you're a veteran rider or just starting out, Cartersville Bicycle has what you need to get out and enjoy the roads and trails of Northwest Georgia or wherever you want to go. And the weather's wonderful and it's getting cooler out there. You know, I love riding in, riding in the cool weather, so I like it a lot more than when it's hot. So I need to get out there and ride some. Stop in and see the shop. They're located at the corner of West Avenue and South Tennessee Street and are open every day, seven days a week from 7.30 a.m. till 4 p.m. You can call them at 470-315-BIKE. That's 470-315-2453. Or just search Cartersville Bicycle on Facebook. Cartersville Bicycle, enjoy the ride. And hey, guys, if you're listening over there, hope you guys are having a good day over at Cartersville Bicycle service and supply i got two more things on this day in history well not two more things on this day in history but two more things i want to cover whoa what was that walt murray earthquake leaving the studio today is national boston cream pie day we could celebrate that really easy couldn't we yeah i love that especially if we're on gilligan's island well it's more like marianne cream pie coconut coconut cream pie uh, and today is National TV Talk Show Host Day, and it coincides with Johnny Carson's birthday every year. So there you go. We said it was Johnny Carson's birthday, so it should be National Talk Show Birthday today. It is ha- Halloween's coming up. It's next weekend. We're going to have our Halloween spooktacular show. I'm going to flash back to another great horror film. More than a hundred years ago, in a mountain village in Switzerland, lived a man whose strange experiments with the dead have since become a legend. A legend that is still told with horror the world over. We've only just started, just opened the door. But now's the time to go through that door and find what lies beyond it. But don't you see, Paul? We've discovered the source of life itself, and we've used it to restore a creature that was dead. This is Frankenstein, who revolted against nature, who experimented with the devil and was forever cursed. His unwilling collaborator was Paul Kremp. I can't prove you murdered, but I can stop you using his brain. Why? He has no further use for it. Don't be a fool! Be careful! Go Only two women ever entered this house of evil. Elizabeth, come back! Elizabeth, the lovely cousin who had promised to marry him, and Justine, the maid, who kept passionate and secret rendezvous with her master. Won't you understand you're in real danger? What Victor is doing is dangerous to everyone in the house. Now, you cannot possibly conceive what dreadful thing he's planning to do. What are you trying to tell me, Paul? That Victor's wicked? Insane? Wicked? Insane? Evil? Call Frankenstein what you will. A demon had made a man-made monster. And now, the monster was the master. Paul, what are you going to do? 
for your sake and to protect Elizabeth, I've so far kept silent. But now I shall go to the authorities and have them destroy that creature and see that you pay for these atrocities. No! Yes, Peter Cushing in the Hammer classic, The Curse of Frankenstein, from 1957. I keep forgetting that The Curse of Frankenstein in their first film, which was actually called, the first Dracula film from Hammer was called Dracula. Everywhere else except in America, it was changed to The Horror of Dracula was the, the, the title. They just changed the title to it. I don't know why they do stuff like that. But that was the first kind of introduction to a lot of people to Christopher Lee and, and Peter Cushing. And boy, are they a horror household name today because I know all of us in this studio right now are big fans of both of those guys. Oh, yeah. I always called them the horror dynamic duo. <laughs> I mean, one of them was always chasing the other one. One of them was playing some kind of monster, and the other one was chasing him. I mean, in The Mummy, the first Mummy movie they did, Christopher Lee was the mummy. And Peter Cushing was chasing him. Horror of Dracula in America. <laughs> Peter Cushing was Van Helsing. Christopher Lee was Dracula. And they, they did him. everything, too. They also did that oh, one on yeah. the train with the, the Yeti. Horror Express yeah. with Telly Savalas. Yeah. That's, yeah. that's, an, that's an yeah. Italian film, but it's very well done. I loved I loved that one. 770-386-1450 is our number. Let's uh, Somebody's calling right now. Let's see who's on the line. Hey, it's BK on the air. Hello, Jeff. Hey, man, you about forgot about me, didn't you? Well, just about, but I was going to go to you. That's all right. You call back. I knew you would. Well, I got to back up about 10 days or so. Back up 10 oh, days. Uh-oh, okay. 13th October, that's Marie Osmond's birthday. Marie Osmond, yes. Marie's still looking really, really great. <laughs> yes, she And by the way, there's another famous person. Do you know who? Famous person's birthday. Who else's birthday was it on the 13th? Me. You? <laughs> Did you share a birthday with Marie Osmond? I'd like to share more than that. Hey, hello. Okay. What's happening? Start saying that all you share is a birthday. Uh, I used to watch the Donnie and Marie show religiously as a kid. What a great variety show that Donnie and Marie had. I mean, it was, was fun. They had the, they had some of the... The 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 um, Sid Marty Croft characters are on there. They did a Star Wars parody once. I we, it was a big show in our household. It's great. I couldn't get through it because my mind was out for it. <laughs> Marie was a little bit country, and Donnie was a little bit rock and roll. Remember, they did that little song together, and they always do a, a song from each one of them. It was great. All right, but anyway, we have to pass that little trivia along. Well, happy late belated birthday. I didn't know it was your birthday, but happy birthday. We all hope you had a great one. Oh, always. And Walt, doing a great job today, my friend. Oh, thank you, sir. I really appreciate that. Thanks, buddy. We'll talk to you soon. All right, bye-bye. All right, bye-bye. Not so much Sean, but Walt. Yeah, yeah just Walt. <laughs> Thanks a lot. Sean is Sean's terrible. Like the, I'm, I'm the black sheep. Sean is here. Yes, you are. Yeah, there's a lot the, of us. Actually, you're the red sheep. The whole family hair. is pretty much that way. <laughs> but your red hair is getting a little gray in it there. Yeah, right? yeah, to, are you coloring it like I am? I put gray in my beard. Yeah, actually I actually put it in there. I'm, I'm actually coloring. getting to the point where I should just... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's called Just for Old Men. Because the problem is... makes us look our age. You see kids now that in their teens, and they're coloring their hair gray. I'm like, why would you... On purpose, do that. Uh, well, it's like uh, well think crazy. about it. They sh- we should have done that. Then nobody would know. Yeah, <laughs> That's absolutely. what I tell people. I'm like, You're well, ageless. I'm coloring it gray. It's not fashionable right now to do that. You know, you mentioned Donny Osmond, <sighs> and you mentioned uh, a Weird Al today. And he had that great spot. The <laughs> yeah. most brilliant thing that Donny Osmond has ever done is he was in the White and Nerdy, White and Nerdy. video. And if you with Weird Al, yeah, that's Google right. it. 
He did four minutes of that. Oh, that's and great, the, yeah. It, none of it was choreographed. None of it was planned. He just did it. Weird Al was singing. He sung the whole song, <laughs> and Donny Osmond was behind him, and he was like, before they started, he's like, what do you want me to do? And he goes, I don't know, just do whatever. <laughs> just and improvise. so he improvised the whole thing. It's now out on YouTube. And when they got done, he was like, what, what did you do? And he goes, I don't know. <laughs> and so they went over and watched it, and they were like, it was one take. It was all improvised. That's great. And it is brilliant. And it, it, That's awesome. Go to YouTube and, and find that. It is the yeah. – For I the 10-second clip that he's in there, you laugh. But if you oh, watch that whole thing, whole he's brilliant. My side was hurting. I was laughing so hard. Like, I, I mean, it, it, is, it is brilliant. That sounds just like what Sam Elliott did when he was asked – to be in the Big Lebowski, you know, at the bowling oh, alley. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Where he's like, well, you know, he's just the old guy sitting there talking to the dude, you know, and doing his thing. And he's like, he's like, what do you, what do you, what do you want me to, what did you do in the Big Lebowski? What were you playing? He says, I have no idea what I was doing <laughs> yeah. there. I just read the lines, did the lines and left. Still I don't know what the they want me for, which I thought time. was great. So out of the blue, he's there. Yeah. We speak, speaking of Donnie Marie and Variety Show, I got from UPI a story about another variety show coming up. From Wade Sheridan at UPI. History of the World Part 2 variety show from Mel Brooks is headed to Hulu, believe it or not. Mel Brooks is writing and executive producing a variety series for Hulu, which will act as a sequel to his 1981 film, History of the World Part 1, which was funny, by the way. I, I wonder when they were going to do a Part yeah. 2, and this is mm-hmm. going to be it. Uh, it's great. Somebody else is calling. Let's check in with their caller before we go back. Uh, actually, we don't have time, so sorry. Call back. we got to go to a break, but we'll take your call if you come back after the break. Uh, Nick Kroll. Wanda Sykes, Ike Barinholtz, which was in Mad, who was in Mad TV, David Stanson, and Kevin Slater are joining Mel Brooks as writers and executive producers of History of the World Part Two. It will begin production in the spring of next year with Hulu ordering eight episodes. Searchlight Television and Twentieth Television are producing. The old 20th Century Fox is now called 20th Television. Brooks said, I can't wait to once more tell the real truth about all the phony baloney stories the world has been conned into <laughs> believing are history. He said. That was his quote. He wrote and directed and starred in the original film. And uh, I'm looking forward to it. I hope they don't tie his hands uh, to doing comedy. It's become the air. later on the BK Escape Pod podcast. Now, back to that man of mine, 
BK on the air. Mwah. The the bulk of That's people great. in the world don't listen to this show along with I don't you. Know. She does listen to the podcast. And listeners later, every day. Which is good. So uh, <laughs> I just had a wonderful listener drop off a Stephen King poster for us for uh, that was uh, awesome. Pets, uh, Pet Cemetery. I appreciate him coming by with that. Okay, let's switch gears here. We got Halloween coming up, and uh, you know a lot of the a lot of the, the parks like Universal and Disney and Six Flags they do Halloween nights. You know where you go up and. And check it out. I went to one back in the 80s at Six Flags, which was kind of disappointing. I'm like, it's a couple of guys running around with a Jason mask on. It's not very scary. But I hear they've upped their game, all of that, on all of that. Especially Universal down in Orlando really makes it great. By the way, did you did you see that the, um, speaking of rides, and I'm going to put you guys on the spot to ask about your favorite roller coaster here coming up. Guys, I've got a new roller coaster story here. The Mummy Ride, Revenge of the Mummy at Universal. That is a great ride. If you've never been on it, it is fantastic. It's based on the Brandon Fraser movie. And I just heard that they are closing it down uh, at the end of this year or next year. They may have already done it to revamp it and bring it back bigger oh. and better than ever. So I'm like, cool. I hope it's still based on that mummy, not the Tom Cruise one that came no, out not no, too long ago, which was terrible. That. I mean, that was terrible. So keep it there. It's going to be updated. So that's going to be great. Looking forward to that. They've already opened the Velociraptor uh Jurassic World roller coaster, which I hear is fantastic. They were just building it when I was there last. I'm like, I can't ride it because they're not done with it. And when we were there, they were testing it with water dummies in the seats. They put these water-filled oh. dummies that represent humans in the seats to see where the pressure points move. They're filled with liquid and stuff. And it was fascinating to see that. And I didn't even know they did that. Very interesting. I would to see them love to see it. that. I'm like, just let me ride it as a test. I'll test. Come on, yeah. put me on there. I, I love living dangerously. Don't you live dangerously every time you ride them? Anyway? I'm a big dummy full of water. <laughs> yeah. I'd yeah. love to see a I'm most, roller coaster I'm a bag full mostly of big full dummies. Of water. Yeah, that's right. Sean, if you had to pick your favorite roller coaster you've ever been on in your life, not through a ride, but just basically roller coaster, what would your favorite one be? I, Do you have one? The, the favorite's always got to be the first first roller coaster ride that I Isn't was Isn't that ever true for on? a lot of people? Yeah. Yeah, that's true. Which right? one was your first one? It was uh, Space mountain space mountain that's a mm. good one at disney that was wow. my first that's a good first ride ever favorite coaster walt if you had to pick one what's your favorite roller coaster you had to out of all of them you've ever ridden i know there's a lot we haven't ridden yeah so. my first the first one i ever rode was um the one at king's island the right uh, the, the two racers that are racing each other yeah. yeah okay but my favorite is the delonga mine train at Six Flags. Six, Six Georgia. Six Flags that is yeah. a great one. I used to yeah. ride the mini mine train, the kitty one. Oh, yeah. And when I rode that one at Six Flags, I was just a kid. I'm like, I'm, I'm awesome now. I rode the mini mine train. <laughs> yes, graduated. But, and, but the day that I graduated to the screen machine, I'm like, now I've really, I've really the made screen it machine now, is great. which is great. And yeah. I remember the first time I rode it, I'm like, the whole time I'm in line, I'm going, why am I doing this? That was my first this? wood roller coaster was the screen Mine too. machine. It's Mine a really too. cool roller coaster. If I had to pick my favorite, now, it doesn't necessarily mean that the roller coaster that we pick is the fastest, the highest, or the most awesome in the world on the list. It's just our favorite. For some reason, there's a roller coaster at Universal which blows me away every time I ride it, and it's the Incredible Hulk. The oh. Incredible Hulk, just, just the name saying, it's an Incredible Hulk roller coaster. This thing shoots you out of a tube up and it's it's a tube with lights on each side. You're in a tunnel of, of lights, and they and they and it's like you're being blown out of radiation or whatever. And it just the way it moves, the whole experience of in line watching David Banner in its experiments and stuff with gamma radiation and stuff. It truly is one of the best roller coasters I have ever been on. Very is cool. the Incredible Hulk? It's really great. Well, the reason I ask that is I got a story here. Wonder Woman roller coaster has been announced at Six Flags Magic Mountain, and I think that's the one in that's the one in California. Yeah. Uh, opening Six Flags Magic Mountain, Los Angeles, in the summer of 2022, the single rail ride entitled Wonder Woman Flight of Courage 
will be the park's, la- park's landmark 20th roller coaster, the most at any theme park in the world. It will also be a whopping 13 mm. stories and reach speeds up to 59 miles wow. an hour. 59 doesn't sound fast in a car, but in a roller coaster, 60 miles an yeah, hour is pretty fast. Yeah, it out. That's... The roller coaster will be located in the DC Universe area of the park, which is currently being expanded and remodeled. As we know, DC universe ties in with warner brothers which warner brothers with six flags that's why they're all at those parts so dc fans can look forward to visiting the new land once it is complete it's the dc universe area they're going to expand it even more this announcement came this week on wonder woman day which was just a few days ago which marked get this wonder woman she doesn't look too bad to be 80 years old does she she's 80 years old this week wonder woman the creation This is not the first Wonder Woman-themed attraction that Six Flags has introduced. Six Flags Fiesta Texas is home to Wonder Woman Golden Lasso, which opened in May of 2018. And three different versions of the attraction, Wonder Woman uh, Lasso of Truth, appear across Six Flags America in Maryland, Six Flags Great Adventure in New Jersey, and Six Flags Discovery Kingdom near San Francisco. The sheer magnitude of this new attraction distinguishes it from the rest of its predecessors and promises to be an exciting and new addition to the DC Universe representation in theme parks. We don't have a Wonder Woman ride at the one here in Georgia yet, but we do have Superman, the ultimate adventure ride there, and the Batman, the Batman ride, and uh, yeah, which is always fun. I love the Superman roller coaster because it actually puts you in it and puts you down into position where you're in a flight position of Superman. You're like hanging from it. And you're like Superman for real, which is fun. You know that thing. First time I went to ride Superman, the coaster at Six Flags over Georgia. Hadn't been to Six Flags in a while. Many years ago, I'm like, man, I'm here to ride. First thing I'm going to ride is the Superman ride, Ultimate Flight, I think is the name of it. Hadn't ridden it. Looking forward to it. Got in line. Waited in line for two hours. About 20 people ahead of me in line. All of a sudden, we hear this horn blow. Ride breaks down. (laughs) And they never fixed it the whole time we were there. So the first time I went to ride it, I couldn't ride it. I'm like, no. But I did subsequently get to go back and ride it, and it's really great. This will also be the first Wonder Woman-themed coaster at the L.A.-based Six Flags Park, which is a highly competitive market. Boy, isn't it? Considering both Disneyland and Universal have added large e-ticket attractions in uh, the last year, such as the new Avengers Campus at Disney's California Adventure. Six Flags Magic Mountain was indeed of an exciting update, so they got one. Wonder Woman Flight of Courage will be made by Rocky Mountain Construction, who created Wonder Woman Golden Lasso and many other well-known coasters across the country, such as the Jersey Devil Coaster in Six Flags Great Adventure. I think we're due for a new um, ride or coaster at Six Flags over Georgia. I think we're due for a new one. You know, I haven't been to Six Flags since they put in Goliath, the, the roller coaster, and I've never ridden Goliath, so... I need to get back and ride that one. I hear that one's pretty fun. That yeah, I've heard that one. I haven't been to Six Flags in a long, long time. Um, it is creeping up on Halloween. Have you guys gotten? You guys got to do anything? We went to a uh, corn maze last weekend at uh, was it Caitlin Farms? I think is the name of it in Rockmart, Georgia. We wanted to find a real one. I'm like, if some people advertise, come and go through our corn maze. I'm like, it's stacks of hay, <laughs> and you can see over it. That's not a maze. So we went to this one, which is fantastic, in Rockmark. Look it up. It's a real corn maze. It's a huge, huge cornfield. And if you if you look in, they show you aerial shots of it. And every maze they have, it's either a piece of art or it spells out something, which is which is fantastic. You can't see it when you're in it. But I'm there. I just wanted to go through the corn maze. I'm like, come on, honey, I haven't been in a corn maze in forever. Let's go through a real one. And this one is really real. 
And then, you know, we're starting walking around. I'm like, oh, I hope I don't run into Malachi from Children of the Corn. You know, all that stuff and the, whatever. <laughs> that was in the back of my head. But they had something you could do. You didn't have to do this, but she wanted to do it. I'm married to type A personality, and if there's a challenge, she's going to go after it. I mean, she's a dive master di- uh, diver and all this stuff, and she's a school teacher and all this stuff, so she does things like that. You can either just go through the corn maze, find your way through it, and come back. That's fine. Or... You can take a card with you, which has the numbers 1 through 10 on it at the bottom, and find these stations inside the corn maze. And there's a a hole puncher at each station that has a different design, so you know you're at each one. And find all 10 of these hole punchers that are in there for your little piece of paper. She's like, no, we're going to do this. We're going to find everyone. I'm like, oh, (laughs) Oh, I'm only meant to be here for 30 minutes, but now we're going to be here for like two or three hours in this (laughs) thing. So we went through it. She found every one of them. I'm like, I'm I'm just following you. Uh, It's cool. Let's go. She was using Stacy Tingle or something to get through all these things. Stacy should know better Stacey than Tingle. to let her you lure her into a cornfield. But she did. Well, that's a, <laughs> yeah, no we're not dating anymore. We're married now. But but yeah. But I, I did a quick video over and posted. I don't know if anybody saw it on and, uh, Facebook and uh, social media. There, you know, there were corn corn on the ground. You know, ears of corn that had fallen off. And I just picked them up, and you can you can just kind of grind them in your head, and all, all the corn will come off in your hand. I'm just shooting video, and I'm like, it's raining corn, and I was just throwing it on her from behind. It was going into her her. Uh, <laughs> was going into her hair and stuff and uh, you know you guys can't see it but i'm wearing makeup i have a black eye i was gonna say right here, but i put makeup over it because yes, you, you enjoyed sleeping it. on the couch so yeah she didn't uh yeah she didn't like that but it was fun but it was a true corn maze and it was really fun we had a there was a hay ride which is really fun they put they put you in this big thing pulled by a tractor you go out to the cows and they're like i'm like oh they have hay at the bottom of the hay ride and and, and it's on the floor where it's nice and soft i'm like oh I'm a dummy. All the hay is for feeding the cows. Once we get out there, the cows mob this hayride, and you're like, "Okay, here, here's some, here's some, here's some hay. Here, take it, take it, take it." They're just robbing all of us of hay. It's a dairy farm too, so we got to take a tour. They had a store. They had uh, just a lot of cool stuff there, and it felt very Octoberish to go to one. And it was it was really fun. If you haven't had to do that, it's really cool to go check that out. Yeah, you guys we'll, done any we'll Halloween tomorrow. stuff lately uh, this month? I've been yeah, watching horror films because I've been doing that. Corn maze tomorrow. You're going to one. So is, is a real one? Mm-hmm. And it's high enough where you can't see over it? I guess. Corn I don't maze. know. I, I haven't so. been there before. It's uh, Washington Farms. Okay, cool. East of town. And um, yeah, a friend of ours works there and they were like, yeah, you need to come out. So mm, Sean, you've got a young son. What do you guys got planned for Halloween? Um, uh, like he, you done he's already? just still picking out his costume. He's down to four, which we may end up wearing all of them. What's, what's he narrowed it down to? Are you going to switch them out like every other hour yeah, or something? Keeps, keeps going. Which what, what are we looking at? Can three, you tell three us? Three anime characters that I have no idea who they are. Oh, they're anime. What's the fourth one? Is it uh, uh, Godzilla? Oh, Godzilla. Okay, that's fine. Nothing wrong with that. Godzilla. I vote for Godzilla. <laughs> so he's. Wor- I think we're going to try to go to Bert's Pumpkin Farm. Oh, Bert's is great. Okay, I heard that's a good one too. So yeah, if you, that's if you, really great. If you can find a pumpkin farm locally where you are, check them out. I mean, it's it's a local business. This is a functioning farm that we went to that that really make still make their own milk. And pumpkins and stuff, there's not many of them left, folks. And this farm had been in their family since the 1800s, and they still live there and work it. And it's really fine, cool to see that still happening. Guys, thanks for being here. I appreciate you guys coming in and have fun with me today. Yeah, hey, awesome. thanks for having it's, me Don't in. let Alan know that it takes two guys to replace him. That's not what it means, so let's not let him know that. No, it took me less than one He's person. He's already shaped like a pair <laughs> upside down anyway. One. So it's BK on there. Next week is our Halloween show and our Halloween show spectacular next Sunday. It's BK on there here at WBHF.
Good night, everybody.